0: podcast. Um, we've had some really good previous episodes. We've had a lot of listeners. And so I think that today's um, podcast is is no different. We'll have uh, the, this episode has uh, Andrew Ballman with us and they're from Gustine, Texas. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, kind of their, their dairy operation and then um, what they've done to um, um, produce and market uh, milk products from, from their dairies and then um, how that kind of model has turned out for them and kind of some things. I know they got a, a, a fairly, I would say, fairly new processing plant. I passed it when I was on my way to Houston and uh, never seen that there uh, before. But anyway, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that and kind of kind of what what they've done and, and um, go from there. But uh, just as in episode three, uh, this episode, this fourth episode is brought to you by Pro-Earth Animal Health Supply and uh, the rep there is Aaron Vaughn. He's in Farwell, Texas. Uh, His number is 806-543-4214. If you have any needs uh, for supplements, uh, tubs, um, things like that for your cattle, uh, reach out to Aaron. He'd be more than happy to help you. So um, with that being said, Andrew, I hope that I introduced you close to who you are and what you do, but we want to know more about you guys and kind of how long you guys have been in the business and kind of uh, we'll just start the conversation there and go from there. So it's all yours, man.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh thank you for having us on the show today. And uh we're excited to try to give you as much knowledge as we can.
0: So uh your the dairy uh and, and I guess Gustine Comanche area. I mean, how long has your family been in that country with those dairies over there?
1: So our dairy, our family's been in the dairy business for far back as we can really trace. Um, starting out in Europe, um, my dad's side of the family dairied a lot in Holland, and then my mom's side of the family dairied in Luxembourg, and then my dad's parents moved to Luxembourg. And that's kind of where he was born, and then uh, my my dad took over my mom's family's dairy uh, and, and kind of started growing it until the point where they just realized that the, just the opportunities were going to limit themselves, especially with having more kids and kind of wanting some more opportunity and growth and so they decided that they wanted to move to uh they wanted to move to texas where they kept reading about a bunch of opportunity um there was a local magazine that that had a lot of opportunity and things like that and so um yeah they they came in they started to look around here in texas found the dairy farm that we are on today and that was approximately 27 years ago i believe that they moved from luxembourg to here started the dairy farm with roughly about a hundred cows and, uh, we're up to, I believe milking about 4,500 now.
0: That's good. That's cool. That's a neat story. Uh, you know, I, I know that your story is probably similar to a lot of people in the dairy business, um, coming from Europe and ending up here because of, of, you know, the opportunities that we do have here for people to come and grow and expand. And so, uh, but Luxembourg, I've never heard Luxembourg. I, my family's originally from Luxembourg and I have not heard that. So that's kind of neat to know that I know, a person that's from luxembourg kind of so um anyway uh really? so, so you're
1: from luxembourg as well then I,
0: i'm not from i'm not like from from i mean I was, i'm from lubbock texas okay but, yeah, but. uh my uh my, my great grandparents on my um my great grandparents my mom's side are, are from from luxembourg so they that's came awesome. uh to uh the wichita kansas area to farm and cool. uh they said that when he when he got there whatever, he said, this looks a lot like home. (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) uh, anyway, yeah, I've never been to Luxembourg. I know where they're from. I just don't know anything about the country. I know it's pretty, pretty small. So, um, but yeah. um, Anyway. uh, So, so how many, how many people or family is involved in your operation there?
1: So our entire family is uh, so my dad and my brother, My dad and his brother, sorry, moved over um, together and kind of started our dairy farm where we're at now. And then my uncle branched off, but they still work closely together with the two dairy farms. Um, And then I have three other brothers that are back on the family operation. So it's my oldest brother, Ben, and he does all the farming side of things. Then Then David's the next brother. He runs the whole dairy farm with his wife, Anna, and their two kids. And then next is me and my wife, Shelby, um, and our kid, Hayes. And so we run, I run the processing side of the business, the whole Volman's brand, as well as um, my wife does all the marketing for them. And then uh, my youngest brother, Daniel, he actually helps out raising all our heifers and everything like that. And then, um, and then he, uh, yeah, he's also helping out with sales and things like that on the Volumans side
0: i got you so so let's talk about the volume side real quick uh well that's kind of where i want to go with the majority of the conversation if we can a little bit uh tell me how this all came about and you know what was i mean what was the idea there and i guess that plant you have is fairly new correct
1: yeah yeah no it just got built we just started i mean we finished commissioning and everything around january of this year so we really just started you know running running full production starting in january um we uh yeah it's a uh, it's been an interesting journey. It started out pretty much when my dad moved here, looking for opportunity, uh, ways to find uh, take milk straight to the consumer, especially with all of us brothers wanting to come back and trying to find new ways. You know, dairy is only so big to support so many so many families, and so we decided, you know, either get more dairies or you know, find new ways to differentiate ourselves. And one of the things my dad's dream has always been is to, to find ways to take that milk straight to the consumer and, and start cutting out middlemen, so to speak, and, and, you know, and educate the consumer about where their products come from. And so um, kind of was the the dream of Allamans. I went and actually went to school for dairy processing. It was kind of my passion to, to do more on the processing side of things. And so um, really, you know, grew from there. We wanted to do, you know, a multitude of things, started out, started out down one path, realized it wasn't quite the right time for it. And so kind of went back and the milk and glass bottles concept was really making a comeback. We saw it in multiple areas toward a bunch of facilities and then, you know, realized, Hey, this is something we should really, really push towards. And so we started making progress and making moves and uh, yeah. uh, Last November, December. Well, the December of 19, we launched our brand, our Facebook and every website and everything like that to just start educating consumers. Um, We were in the process of setting a co-packing facility up because we basically had to build our own processing line in a co-packing facility. And then we turned around at the same time and started construction on our facility. So our co-packing facility here in Texas started up running our glass bottles the first of the end of June, first of July. And then um, we started up our facility. Um, So we started construction on it. It went rather quickly. Um, I think we broke ground March, first concrete was getting poured into April. And then, uh, you know, building started going up in June, July. And uh, yeah, by end of November, we pretty much had everything up and in. First, uh, first week of December had the final processing lines and everything installed, and started commissioning. You know, mid-end December through the beginning of January, and then you know, really started kind of start moving sellable product through here.
0: So, uh, tell uh, so what you're saying is, like, when you were when you guys were start getting started, you're actually before you had your own plant built, you were running product through a different facility to get yes. that out, right? Yes. Yeah. get you so the glass bottle idea is there a lot of people doing that in really, texas
1: in texas there's not um we were the only ones there for a while uh there are other people slowly trying to join into that market um you know we have some people from arizona that decided to come and partner with some dairies here in texas and so they're trying to set up their own thing but um uh, no really a very unique concept it's a very specialized kind of market um but the, we're seeing that the consumers are really pushing back to go towards glass products that they you know it tastes better in glass it, it's a higher quality product uh, something that we've noticed is just people are kind of tired of buying dairy products that have been you know pennies pennies have been pinched out of it so that the you know you start losing the quality the flavors and everything and everything like that and we're kind of creating a new A new product that has a lot of hype behind it and really just trying to push that on consumers and educate them about hey look this is something new and exciting and plus the sustainability aspect you kind of have two sides of it you've got the older generations that are see the nostalgia in it that that are you know they grew up with glass bottled milk showing up on their doorstep and then you got the younger generation that still sees some of that nostalgia but also the they really like the idea of the glass the sustainability portion. And, you know, our farm has been always been focused on sustainability from, you know, start to finish. And that was one of the big reasons we chose glass. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a exciting journey so far.
0: So, you know, it's kind of, you know, you just mentioned about how the, uh, you know, the older generations used to remembers when, uh, milk was delivered to their doorstep. And so I think it's kind of interesting that, you know, back then, uh, I guess the the milk, and you probably know more about this than I do. But back then, that milk was was not as vertically integrated from a production standpoint. It was small dairies uh, around these towns that could that had the capability to do that. And so now we're getting back to uh, the same idea, but on a larger scale. And you probably just how the world works, you probably have some reach into some uh, bigger areas. I guess I mean I assume how do, is, how do, how is it sold? How's your milk sold? Is it sold just from the processor? You have stores that are partners with you or how's that work
1: yeah so obviously almost all of our milk is sold through stores um we sell a little bit of our milk through you know our plant but very you know they for the store and we kind of open it up a little bit it's still technically open if people want to come buy it and buy some milk here out of the plant we normally will sell it to them but for the most part all of our milk is sold through grocery stores or other you know niche style stores um some big ones that we've seen is like meat markets and other you know things. Especially with COVID, a lot of these smaller stores opened up and did fairly well. And so we uh, we kind of launched alongside those and and just kind of grew with them. But uh, grocery stores are going to be probably the biggest biggest um, customer of ours. You know, get it on the shelf in some of these bigger stores.
0: I got you. So what do you think are some you know we t- you talked about sustainability a little bit from the standpoint of your processing side. What are some challenges and uh, that you that you see, and what are some things to be excited about that, um, that 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 mean that, that give you the idea that, man, this deal is going to last even when my kids grown up doing it, you know.
1: Um, I think that if you look at where the consumer is headed and where are, are you know everything coming in, even with the new administration office, I think it's only going to get you know continue to change. Is that um, everyone's really pushing for getting rid of plastics, getting rid of plastic waste. Um, we see what it's doing to the environment. We see kind of that as a big thing that can really help push us to the next step. And, and I think that, um, you know, we're on the forefront of that. We, uh, you know, we jumped in right at the time where glass is making a comeback. Everything's starting to go into glass. You start to see more and more glass showing back up into grocery stores. Um, you know, and so at the end of the day, we're really trying to push that back. And so I think that glass is here to stay. I think when, when you look at, and if anything, it's just going to continue to gain a bigger and bigger market share. Plus it's just, it's an unadulterated type product whereas plastic. You start getting some tastes and some, you know, outside mixture with, with that, um, you know, the product inside that plastic packaging. So you know, it it's everything tastes better in glass because you don't have those. You know, it depends on what environment you put it in. The smells, the taste, and everything in your environment will kind of seep through that plastic, whereas glass is impermeable, so you won't have yeah. any of that come through. And so, I think that customers are looking for that kind of premium product, and uh, and just with the way you know we're kind of pushing towards reduced plastic waste and you know better sustainability, I think it definitely puts us uh, in a position to be here for a long time.
0: So what kind of, um, I, w- I had this thought in my head, what kind of volume are y'all producing out of that plant? I mean, so w-
1: we just got kind of started up. We're still kind of getting on our feet and everything like that. We're moving, um, you know, roughly a truckload of milk a week or something like that,
0: you know, and we're got you.
1: kind of still growing into it, still trying to tweak things. I mean, you don't just start a facility like this up overnight and everything mm-hmm. runs perfectly. Unfortunately, we're, we're <laughs> yeah. working out the bugs and everything like that. And so, uh, you know, but we have, we have plans to be producing significantly more than this once we get up and go.
0: So you're just, it's strictly just milk, right? You're not making, uh, other products or anything yeah. like that. It's just milk.
1: As of right now, it's just milk. I mean, we have some things set up to where we can potentially do other products in the future. So we're slowly starting to work that direction to be able to run some other products as well. Um, you know, looking at doing butter and some other fat products and things like that. But, um, Right now it's just milk and so you know obviously we're still building the market for it as well um i mean we only launched in july of last year we're in probably 120 plus stores at this point and so we continue to grow um you know pretty quickly and we're just pretty much at this point it's just you know as fast as we can pick up new stores we can continue to increase production and so we're uh we're slowly starting to venture into other markets, starting to push out different areas of Texas and really just kind of conquer the markets in those areas.
0: So, I mean, you guys, do you you see yourself being, you want to be a big uh, producer of of volumes of milk, or do you you like staying kind of little and family-owned and uh, kind of have a niche deal?
1: I don't think we'll ever be will ever be anything but family owned and operated and uh, and so we'll we'll always be running our own show over here but um, in terms of volume obviously facility of the size has to get paid off and you have payments to make and things like that and so obviously we're we're trying to push it to its max and run this you know run as much volume as we can through it are we anywhere comparable to big other you know other big processors that are running 20 30 tanker loads of milk a day no i mean right. we, we won't be that you know to that size will uh you know would it be cool to be that big and still be a family owned and operated business yes but um you know i think at some point we'll we'll have to kind of weigh in what what that small family business means to us and really decide how much we want to continue to grow but you know we're we're here to offer more than just the standard you know milk in a glass bottle we're going to eventually start doing other products as well and when we do other products right. you know we want to offer the consumer The whole line of dairy products that basically, you know, show the sustainability, show who we are.
0: It seems to me like it's it's in the dairy business and I guess the regular beef business. A lot of of you guys are young couples, young families coming back and, and doing this stuff. And so... Uh, or doing the family business or whatever and so I think that's kind of cool to, to see that I, I guess I see it more with closer to here with the dairies because we I see a lot of dairymen or, or there's a lot of dairy operations out here uh in West Texas but um you know what do you think is the draw especially just reflect a little bit on your situation um uh, for wanting to come back and do all this and and what what was the biggest draw and I'm, I'm sure it's since it's been you've been in the family knowing it forever what, what what was your draw
1: I actually worked for Coca-cola for two years and so I was out in the city working you know in Waco and it, it's growing up in the country um, growing up in the countryside seeing how you can uh, you know growing up as a kid and seeing how you know kids are raised in the country see the see, see all the benefits they get from just a learning how to work hard the work ethic the the brains and everything else that come with it because you can't you know, you got to be able to be smart to get the job done. And, you know, and so at the end of the day, I, I saw all that from uh, you know, growing up in the country, you just the kids are raised differently out here. And, and so I kind of wanted to be able to raise my family the same way. And plus I'm just yeah. a big outdoors kind of guy. I like being out in the country. I like being outside. I like, you know, seeing things, uh, you know, and it's, you know that's one of the biggest reasons, but also family legacy. You see what my parents have built, and you know it wouldn't make no sense just turn around and sell that off and start you know working a day job nine to five. You know, um, we wanted to be you know our own business owners, continue right. that family legacy of being able to run our own operations. Whether you know does that mean for me it has to be specifically the dairy? You know, obviously not. I'm over here at the processing side of things, but we all kind of have our thing that we have our passion for and we drive my brother, you know, my one brother is just super passionate about farming and that's kind of what he does. And the other brother loves the cows. And so he runs the dairy farm. And so we get to be passionate and do what we love every day, um, you know, and still get to be out in the country and, and raise families out here. And so it's, uh it's definitely been, you know, a really cool, neat thing to do. And, you know, I was, it was, awesome to be able to move back out to the country after living in the city for so long
0: i bet i bet yeah especially that part of texas it's really pretty and nice i i don't know about the humidity in the summertime but um it's really pretty right through there um and i noticed it's really not that bad here yeah i know we get a little bit more humid than west texas yeah 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 i noticed uh i won't mention it on air because uh on this episode because it probably is doesn't need to be said but i was when i passed your facility i was like oh well they're right next door to that branch that uh, every time we take every time we take kids down there they're they're <laughs> like hey let's take a picture of that i'm like no but uh no that's kind of funny I, and that's how i remember where your facility is right there where that gate's at um anyway uh so I, what a lot of people do <laughs> even my wife you my wife never that. <laughs> uh okay so uh i'm going to we're going to wrap things up here in a minute but um what I just want to ask you, what advice would you have for people that are involved in production, agriculture, that are looking for ways, let's say they, they found a niche, kind of like you guys, what, what kind of advice would you give to somebody that's, uh, that's thinking about expanding into a different market area? Because you've kind of been through that a little bit.
1: I, I don't, that's difficult. I'm still pretty green uh i don't know a whole lot myself so it's hard to give advice to anyone but i think the two things is study hard um on everything that you're going to want to do do a lot of research you know do your homework try to figure out exactly what you want to do and then learn as much as you can physically learn about it um and then challenge your status quo i think one of the biggest things we learned from a processing facility side of things at least is that we know how to build dairy farms and we've done it you know for so long that it's we know how to build things we know the construction side of things we know how things are supposed to be set up and you bring in these professional companies because you think you can't quite do it yourself or you want the you know experience so that you don't go wrong and while they bring a lot to the table there's a lot of things we challenged them on and uh you know we were able to significantly changed some things probably for the better I mean we had some some ideas in the beginning on how they wanted to do some things and they just didn't make any sense at all to us you know we figured it was a processing thing and at first we were just willing to say okay I guess we're just you know we don't know any better so we're going to go with them and and then looking back we kind of made some changes halfway through and say hey this is this doesn't make any sense and the more more we learned about it and the more you know we kind of used our common sense and said okay we know enough about building a dairy farm that we can work through some of these problems um and we continue to do that every day still even with some of the tweaks and things that we do we're like well why are we even doing this and so said we had to and i was like well no you know and so i think overall just don't be afraid to change the status quo i mean i guess overall that's what we're doing even with you know launching milk and glass bottles besides fair life i don't think anyone's really challenged the fluid milk industry in the last you know 50 60 years it's always been the same couple giants running around and you know over time the fluid industries continue to go down and down and down and you know until Fairlife they were the first one you know first ones to really see an increase in the fluid milk consumption in in the U.S. and I think that it's exciting to see these glass bottles companies popping up all over the U.S. you know uh you know, obviously we don't want anyone else in Texas. You don't want competition, but, <laughs> but all over the U.S., I mean, you see places in Colorado, California, and all these places popping up. And, and I think it's, it, you know, we're bringing things back to the table and really making milk interesting again. And, you know, we get messages on our social media all the time. Like my kid used to never drink any milk and now that's all he drinks. He doesn't want juice. He doesn't want soda. He wants milk. And he wants that cow's milk. And that's, it's exciting to hear. Cause you know, a lot of the younger generation never drank milk because the generation above them quit drinking milk. And, you know, you're kind of at the point now where it's always kind of this, you know, we're we're actually seeing people that what I like to tell people is we didn't really take away from any of the other fluid milk industry, or we, you really didn't take away from any of the other fluid milk market. We just kind of created our own because there's a whole set of consumers that never drank milk before. Now they're drinking milk, you know, and buying a significant amount more of it. Now on your, on your bottle
0: thing, when you talk about buying it, can people return the bottles is that how your deal works they return the bottles and then you just give them like a yes. dollar off yep. or something or
1: yep yep it's a really neat concept but uh yeah the consumer pays two dollar bottle deposit on uh point of purchase so um we charge the store that deposit the store tran- transfers that to the customer you pay a two dollar bottle deposit when you buy a bottle of milk and then you turn around um, when the consumer finishes drinking that, they can bring that bottle back for two bucks, and so um, they, you know, either exchange it for the new glass and don't have to pay a deposit anymore, or they give it back and they get their two bucks back. And um, you know, honestly, a lot of people just bring like you know five or six bottles back at a time, and they feel like they get a you know big discount hmm. on their groceries the next hmm. time they come by or something. But um, it's a uh, yeah, it's kind of a neat concept, but people are really falling in love with it. They, it was a weird concept that we wondered if anyone would really come back to because it's you know been so far it's been so long since anyone did anything returnable really you know and learning that really isn't that unique it's the same as like your propane bottles it's the same as um it's the same as like your jugs of water and all these things you know there's a lot of deposits still out there you don't just don't think about anymore because they're not really advertised deposits and so uh you know it a little bit educating but man it's consumers love it it kind of surprised us that you know, we thought that would be one of the biggest holdups. And it is, still is from a store perspective to convince them that's that's what it takes. But realistically, that's probably the, the been the easiest thing, one of the easier things to try to con- convince consumers that the bottle deposit's worth it, you know, consumers really like. So the then the
0: store, they cost. bring them back to you guys? Is that how that works or or no? Oh.
1: Yeah, uh, okay. when we deliver the next time, when we deliver the next time. You. they so pick just
0: like, the uh, you're right. Yeah. so
1: all our bottles take it back and then the hard part begins yeah the hard part is washing all the bottles get them cleaned and sanitized
0: yeah yeah you know uh it's like the coca-cola bottles you know it has a deal on the back says uh what is it like C- certain number of cents or it's got a value on it or something anyway uh we just have totally mm-hmm. gotten away from all that we just we forget about how things used to go um well i'll tell you what I've, yeah. I well in to europe find your... and other places like that it's go ahead sorry sorry
1: uh in europe and stuff it's re- it's it's really uh it's still really common in europe to uh you know to do all those and you still get certain different you know amounts back for all the bottles and stuff that you return yeah
0: yeah well i'll tell you what uh I, I'm, I'm gonna wrap this little episode up here in a minute but I really appreciate you guys uh, taking some time out of your day to let me get through my technical difficulties and uh, start this deal going and, and 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 kind of visit with you about it. I don't I don't guess your milk is available out here yet, is it?
1: i uh, not quite yet. We're we're going that direction, but not
0: quite yet. I got you. Well, we'll look for it. Uh, I would a- happily uh, invite anybody that's listening and I, and I I tell people your little story. I don't know much about it till today. Uh, I tell them to go to Volman Farms on Facebook and kind of watch your social media and see some of the things y'all put up there and, and learn about your products and kind of how your deal's going. And um, I've I've had a lot of people that have said, man, that's a really cool idea with the glass bottles and um, kind of a neat way to, to further market the fluid milk that they're producing, but finding the niche markets to to be able to do that is, uh, is interesting to people as well. So uh, we'll keep telling your story uh, out here um and like i said i'm glad that you're able to get on this morning and and visit with us and so uh, like i said earlier um uh, spon- the sponsorship for episode four today's episode is by pro-earth animal health uh mr aaron vaughn farwell texas as cattle active and zestera supplements uh, if you're interested in uh Anything that he, he has that can help your uh, operation cattle-wise, horse-wise, you need to give him a call, 806-543-4214. And we're very thankful that him and our other sponsors have come forward to uh, support these podcasts so that we can continue uh, providing rich content for, for the public. So, Andrew, like I said, man, I'm really glad I got to meet you. Uh, maybe someday I can come and you can give me a tour of that processing facility uh anyway I, I really appreciate you being on this morning and um hope you guys have a wonderful day <laughs>